sporting news, reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to the Sports Desk here this Wednesday morning. You're on scene. You're with your hosts, Kendra and Luca. We're going to be getting into uh, a whole range of uh, sporting discussions. Uh, seeing as this week is NADOC week, theme being always was and always will be, we'll be covering a, uh, a feel-good story out of the Northern Territory regarding the Midnight Marathon. Um, we're also going to be checking out our highlighted uh, athlete that's under 26. Uh, he's been doing a uh, world, doing Australia proud on the world stage, uh, and some other wacky sports and uh, rivalries to discuss as well. But first of all, Kendra, how are you this uh, morning? Yeah, good. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about what we've got on the show. It's a bit different because a lot of the sports have wrapped up, like the AFL and the NRL. But yeah, it'll be good to actually talk about a few different things on the sports desk. How are you? Yeah, not bad. I'm not bad. Uh, been uh, staying up late watching uh, some EPL and Serie A stuff as well. But getting on with the, the rest of the show. We've got uh, the Midnight Marathon that occurred overnight on the 31st of October to the 1st of November, uh, a couple of weeks, a couple of days ago. Uh, I'd say a dozen young Indigenous athletes that took part in the Midnight Run across our ancient land. Exciting stuff. Hey, Kendra. Yeah, this is really cool, actually. It's one of the first time I've actually heard about this, but um, we've got our running legend, Robert D. Costello, who is pictured with the Indigenous athletes. But I think it's really cool how they're doing this at night. Like, it starts at 10 p.m. I think that would be quite fun doing it under the moonlight. I mean, you're running this, like, quite extreme distance, but I reckon it would pass the time quicker. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Uh, they they cover the 42 kilometres in a matter of nothing in the nighttime, uh, especially like with the heat that's out there in the middle of the desert, in the Samson Desert, so crazy stuff there. Yeah, it seems quite a quite an emotional run, but just what I'm seeing in this article, they were saying one of the runners, Barasin29, was crying at the 34-kilometre mark for his three kids, but they say at 34 kilometres in the marathon, that's when you're hitting the wall. As you said, as you said, Robert Di Costello is the brainchild of... Uh, this indigenous marathon project. They've been running this over the past decade, training athletes and taking them over the grand running stages, which take place in New York, Boston, Tokyo, London, Paris, and Berlin. But of course, this year, the New York marathon was forced to be canceled because of the COVID-19. And so they returned to the lands of the Arente people uh, to undergo the, the replacement of the marathon, 42 Ks in the, at midnight, uh, overnight, let's say. Yeah, Dicasella was saying that the power of running is quite strong and it has the ability to change their life. And I think this is a really good way to get Indigenous athletes out in their own land doing such a meaningful event that's both a challenge and, you know, such a great accomplishment. So I think it's really good for all these generations of athletes to take part in. He, he would give uh, most of the athletes that were running, he'd give them uh, $20, US dollars, that is, to put in their running shoe. If they couldn't finish the marathon, he that would be the cab fare to get back to the hotel. They couldn't finish. But to this day, 
all of his all of the athletes that took part in the Indigenous Marathon project have finished their runs, which is awesome to hear. Um, they run with uh, the letters or text saying "family" and "our people" on their wrist to remind them what they're for, what they're running for. That's such an interesting concept. How I mean, I guess having the twenty dollars in your shoe—it's sort of like I mean. I guess, a reminder of not to give up. I don't know. I reckon it'd be pretty hard having that, knowing that you could just hop in a taxi and you'd go home, but I think actually having it and, you know, it being like a physical object just reminds you that you have to keep going. I think it forced them to realise, oh, it's on us to to finish it. Let's not rely on anything else, like man-made or otherwise to... Who else? To, uh, I think uh, a former Jularoo's second role. So that's, I think, Rugby Sevens. Her name's Libby Cook-Black. She's 26. Uh, she she took part with no cartilage in her right knee after an ACL injury ended her uh, footballing career. How amazing is that, Kendra? That's incredible. Like, to take part in that event on that terrain, especially with an injury like that, you have to have a pretty strong mindset to actually take part, but it must be something quite close to her heart. That's something she believed in, which is why she took part, which is really, really quite impressive. Yeah, the the perseverance and resilience of uh, of these athletes have really surprised me. And I think it's grabbed. It's, it's a story that's heartwarming. It's it's inspirational as well uh, to see what a positive impact can be had through through running, through marathon running. Uh, yeah, and it's good to see like the empathy and care being placed amongst these athletes in the Indigenous Marathon Project as well. It's quite quite endearing to the public. All right, so coming up on the rest of the sports desk this morning, we'll be highlighting a, uh, a young athlete that's doing bits on the WNBA stage. Uh, first, we're going to get to a quick song from Leah Flanagan, Color by Number. You'll listen to the sports desk this Wednesday morning with Kendra and Luca. That was Colour by Number by Leah Flanagan. So now we're going to move on to a highlight in Australian sport for athletes under 26 who are doing quite well on the world stage. We have rookie team member from the WNBA Championships from Seattle Storm, AZ Magbagor. Luca, do you want to tell us a little bit about AZ? Yeah, AZ Magbagor, she, uh, she recently was drafted into the WNBA in 2019. Uh, from Deakin University, and uh, she plays centre. Uh, she was uh, formerly playing for the M- WNBL uh, the previous year, and she was the Rookie of the Year in 2018, uh, being part of the Canberra Capitals as well as the Melbourne Boomers, and she was the first female basketball ambassador for Spalding in Australia as well. Yeah, that's quite impressive. Just go through some of her stats. AZ is six foot four, so she's definitely tall, definitely basketball height. And she some of her career highlights include the 2020 WNBL Betty Watson Youth Player of the Year. So she earned 38 out of 42 possible votes, which is Quite impressive. And then she went on to being the 2018 WNBL Rookie of the Year. Crazy stuff. Unbelievable. Uh, She also won a silver medal with the Australian national team, the Opals, at the 2018 FIBA World Championships, averaging 7.6 points per game and 3.8 rebounds per game. Uh, Ezzy Magwagor, she was introduced to the WNBA bubble that took place uh, in uh, Orlando, Florida in August and September 
where uh, the Seattle Storm, her team, ended up making it into the Final Four where they defeated the Las Vegas Aces in, uh, in three games. Uh, she, she, under the tutelage of a uh, multiple uh, NBA title, WNBA title winning Sue Bird and the rest of the squad, they, uh, yeah, they took her under her wing. She's the only rookie on the team as well. So I think it's been quite a learning curve for Ezzy uh, this past year. Yes. I definitely think AZ has a very bright future ahead. And it's also really good to see some young people doing really well in this sport, especially this year for what's happened during the pandemic. So it's definitely a sporting highlight for young athletes in Australia. Yeah, she uh, her highest points total during the, the WNBA bubble came against the, the Minnesota Lynx, where she scored 12 points in 11 minutes coming off the bench. Uh, four from five on the field. Uh, she got two offensive rebounds and uh, one steal in that game as well. So that was probably her, her best uh, WNBA game so far, seeing as the Minnesota Lynx were like a, a title rival. I'm just excited to see uh, whether Izzy Magbagor can impact the, the Opals once the Olympics come around in Tokyo next year. Yes, it would have been very interesting. I mean, obviously this year it didn't go ahead, but if it had gone ahead, how well do you think she would have stacked up if she was in the Opals this year for playing for Australia? I think her and Liz Cambridge with the backcourt combination, that would have been uh, excellent with uh, the experience of Liz Cambridge and the, the youth of Ezzy McGregor interchanging. That would have been a, quite a matchup, let's say, or a duo that would have worked well together. Yeah, in this time, but who knows what would happen next year in the in the So, Tokyo in your Olympics. opinion, Australia would have been contenders, but maybe medal. Oh, they're definitely they'll place for a medal for sure. Um, yeah. They were probably unlucky the last gold. the last Olympics. I hope for gold. Yeah, got to be optimistic. Yeah, coming up on the sports desk this Wednesday morning with uh, Kendra and Luca, we're talking about weird and wacky sports around the world. But before that, we're going to cut to a song, Bajira missing you. You're on the sports desk this Wednesday morning with Kendra and Luca. We've been talking about uh, under 26 athletes that are doing uh, crazy stuff around the world stage. We talked about Ezzy Magwagor, as well as a highlight from NATO Week, uh, the Midnight Marathon that occurred with the Indigenous Marathon Project up in Northern Territory. But now we'll be discussing uh, weird and wacky sports that are coming around the world. Uh, Kendra, what are some sports that you found? So... Last, I was inspired by this from last seasons of the Sports Desk. We would always, um, on Tuesday's group, we'd always have a weird and wacky sport to finish off. But I found some more. And I think the funny one I've got right now is hobby horsing. So that's where people are riding just fake horse. So they believe that it is the same as riding a real authentic horse, but actually it is just fake and they're just running around what looks to be like a basketball court so it involves riding toy horses in a gymnasium with zero intention of irony according to this website irony what does irony have to do so would that count as proper equestrian i'd say so yeah i mean do they look like they're being ironic when they do the actual equestrian stuff um well well, the thing is right the girl in this picture has She's dressed like she looks like she's prepared for an athletic event. Like you, I'd expect to see this girl doing like a 100-meter sprint or something, but she's got a toy horse and everyone's <laughs> just watching her run around 
which is quite bizarre and that's how the fans describe it as a bizarre sport but to me it looks like the athletes take it pretty seriously good on them i say that's a uh, quite a honorable sport hobby horsing oh yeah a sport from uh from england Have you got a sport for us luke got a uh, pea shooting pea shooting so instead of uh, normal target practice or archery uh, these local farmers in Chestershire in the UK, they would uh, have a 12-foot tube and fill it up with peas that they've harvested from the field, let's say, and they got about 12 metres distance between themselves and a target and whoever's closest to the bullseye wins. Interesting. Yeah. Is so it a sport you're thinking of taking up? I mean, I reckon I'd be out of breath trying to, like, send the peas 12 metres across to a little target. Uh, Is there take- a special reason why they're using peas? I guess the local area where it takes place is famous for peas, like growth of peas in the vegetable patches. But apart from that, it looks like just your local Sunday market, like a farmer's market kind of thing. Like the whole area is like random, random shoppers or people looking for to buy like fresh vegetables. And then on the side, there's just people shooting peas out of their mouth through a tube into like a target that's quite a wacky sport now i've got another one it's -hmm. called shin kicking i don't think you need any more explaining than the title it involves trying to kick each other's shins so the two guys in the picture are wearing white sort of looks like laboratory coats and they're trying to kick each other's shins now i don't know why anyone would honestly want to take part in that i think Getting kicked in the shin is really painful for one. Would you agree with that, Luca? Yeah, uh, I remember playing as a defender in soccer and futsal, so I would uh, have always shin splints after games. But yeah, just to kick someone in the shin on purpose, no, count me out. And the competitor wins by when their opponent is shouting sufficient that they have had enough. So it is basically testing one's pain tolerance in the shin. I wonder how you would train for something like this. Like a lot of legwork in the gym, I could imagine. Or like running into different uh, obstacles around the house, like jamming your toe or like running into the Imagine the bruises though. Oh, it'll be, it'll be. Uh, have you heard of, have you heard of a Keiju Big Battle, Kendra? No. So I'm going to have to get you to explain that. Keiju Big Battle. So Kaiju is, uh, I think, Japanese for strange beast. Loosely translate, uh, and it comes from like those big monster movies, so like Godzilla, Mothra, stuff like that. And people in uh, these cost- big costumes in like a little UFC type cage would wrestle each other uh, <laughs> in a costume. In the costumes, yeah, they're like really poorly made. In the costume, yeah, yeah. So like poorly made costumes wrestling. They're reenacting these battles they've seen in like movies and TV shows, and bring it in. Like, I find. I, th- I find that sort of stuff funny when people are reenacting this sort of stuff and they get dressed up in the, like, almost like medieval costumes. I think it's nothing funnier. I don't know why. It's just hilarious. It, it, like, even the referees have, like, a they put on, like, fake moustache and nose. Oh, no, they don't. Do they actually? Yeah, oh. it's, a, it's a whole event. Thing, so <laughs> I would want to see that live. <laughs> I would go to see that. Yeah. If the, if the referees are dressed up, you've got to go see it. Yeah. The uh, theatre of sport. <laughs> now I've got 
lawnmower racing. I reckon this would be similar to go-kart racing because the way – or sort of like BMX-type sports because they're on on little lawnmowers but Mm. they're all dressed up with, like, helmets and, like, the goggles and everything. They're going over these quite big hills. So, to me, it sounds like a quite funny sport but I think it would definitely take a lot of athleticism and focus to win something like this, especially because the lawnmowers don't provide too much protection. Considering they're probably going very fast on them. Do they have like a specified circuit or is it like a drag race type of thing? It's like a drag race. Oh, all right. So first one to the line wins. Damn, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They're all together. So it's, yeah, very similar to the go-karting style, but the lawnmower must maintain its engine and like maintain driving. Right. I wonder if you could modify the lawnmower's capacity. Like, I don't know. Puts it That's what I wonder. Yeah. And then, to be honest, in the photo, they look quite dodgy. I would say <laughs> that they've just taken, like, I think my lawnmower out the back would be what they're using right now. It doesn't look like they've got any sort of special capabilities or anything. They're pretty dodgy lawnmowers. Ah, uh, the power of dreams. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Now we've just finished talking about our weird and wacky sports and we're going to go to a song break. So the song is 60K Plus by Jay Miller featuring Goji and you're listening to the Sports Desk on Sin on this Wednesday morning with your hosts, Kendra and Luca. You're listening to the Sports Desk this Wednesday morning with your hosts, Kendra and Luca. We're discussing some swimming news now, some breaking news uh, from the CAS uh, drugs hearing. Former swimmer Brenton Ricard, uh, he stands, and the Australian swimming team, stand to lose uh, a multiple number of Olympic medals. Kendra, this is big news in the swimming world. Yeah, it's quite, I mean, there's been a, quite a bit of controversy around this I guess, decision. But, um, yeah, Brinton Rickard was a member of the Australian men's team that won the 4 by 100 medley relay bronze medal at the London Olympic Games. So they will be stripped of their medals, which is a huge disappointment for Australia. And the sample was taken in 2012 and has now tested positive. So what, my question is, why do you think it's taken eight years for this to be decided? Uh, according to uh, the legal team, uh, the di- diuretics can, let's say, appear in retrospective testing. So, if say new technology advances over the time of the of the drug testing, let's say, they can go back and like just make sure all these metals were above board. But yeah, it's kind of it's interesting to see like eight years. I mean, other sports, this has happened as well. Like ongoing investigations you see in cycling all the time, but yeah, swimming—it's new, I guess, to see such furor. He didn't even take part in yes. the final meet, though, did he? Yeah, it's saying here that he swam in the heats, but other of our Australian athletes like Matt Haggard and James Magnuson will, will also be stripped of their medals. Which, you know, it's really hard for all these athletes. I mean. It, the relay is a team effort, so it can. I guess this would be 
very challenging for those athletes as well, especially if they haven't taken any substances. But, yeah, I find it very interesting that, yeah, the new technology that it's taken this long for them to decide that it is positive result. But we do know that the Australian swimmer have recently been in the spotlight for drug taking. So our young swimmer, Shana Jack, apparently took an illicit substance. However, she maintains that she is innocent. Yeah. Uh, Ricard's legal team have stated that the, the diuretic, uh, the chemical that was in, in the urine sample was furosemide, furosemide uh, which is a local, likely known contaminant in over-the-counter medication for like headache relief and pain relief so it was probably going to be minute if otherwise the they're arguing that it's a minute level of diuretic that was found in the sample so whether he unknowingly took it or not allegedly still it's kind of a let's say a damper on the metals uh, I'm going to close out the show very soon, but before that, we're going to get to a song from Kucha Edwards. The song's called We Sing. You listen to the Sports Test this Wednesday morning with Kendra and Luca. You're on the Sports Desk this Wednesday morning with Kendra and Luca. We heard Kucha Edwards singing We Sing. Um, all the songs that we've played this morning are part of Sunday Suites 316 playlist. You can check that out on sin.org.au. Sunday Suites is a two hour program featured on Sin. Uh, it's on Sundays, 5 to 7 p.m. So you can check that out. Out of NADOC Week, we're featuring uh, First Nations artists in Australia and their music as well, highlighting them. Uh, yeah, but we've come to the end of the show. It talks about a uh, midnight marathon that occurred in uh, Northern Territory with the Indigenous Marathon Project. But also we talked about Kendra. Talked about some weird and wacky sports, which I had a lot of fun discussing, especially the lawnmower one and the shin kicking. They were good fun talking about that. They sure were. They sure were. Uh, if you want to check out the show as podcasted version, go to omni.org.au for all the recent sports desk episodes. Um, catch up on the rest of the sports desk on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, 9 a.m. here on Sin. Uh, be sure to check out our socials. It's on Facebook, Instagram, uh, the Sports Desk Sin. Um, but that does it for us here at the Sports Desk this Wednesday morning. Being Kendra and Vulka. I'm going to close out the show with a song from the Marindas, Deja Vu. Be sure to, yeah, just have a great week and enjoy yourselves.